Welcome back to episode 11 of Hug Your People. This is Kevin. Today we're going to talk about something that is, uh, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. We're going to talk about the idea that we are not cancer people, kind of the process of learning my son's diagnosis and how it's impacted our lives and our our egos for sure and and the way we view um, people who are battling cancer. This is episode 11 of Hug Your People. We are not cancer people. Man, that, um, I was talking with a really good friend of mine and he was asking, um, asking some questions around the diagnosis of my son and everything. And and it just came out that, um, during the initial diagnosis consultation, we were sitting in, in a, a room with the doctors and, um, that was one of the thoughts I had is that we, we are not cancer people. And, um, I don't know what that means, uh, to a degree, and I'll explain that. You know, we we have a perception of people, especially people who are going through things and um, battling cancer, and they and you know the the process that you go through and the life you have to create and and all that. And it, because it came on to us so quickly, you know, one Saturday we're playing soccer and eating snow cones and eating pizza, and the next Saturday we're in ICU with um, with a tumor and lots of questions and plenty of fear. Um, it just came on so quickly that you, you don't have time to consider everything. But there was a part of me during that process that was always like, no, 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 no. This is a mistake. This is, uh, they, they're reading someone else's x-rays or they're, they've got the wrong file. It's the wrong Hoovers. It's the wrong Baxley Hoover they're, they're talking about. There was an element of that going around the room uh, or at least going through my head where we were, just going to get the news that, oh, we're so sorry, we've been mistaken, everything's okay, carry on, go back to what you were doing. And so the, the piece of the denial comes in where you're, you almost are denying the truth. And one of the things I was really appreciative of um, was one of our oncologists who's been um, in pediatrics for decades, you know, before diagnosis, she said, uh, I can't, I don't know exactly what it is, but in my experience and because I've seen this type of thing before, uh, I think it's cancer. And looking back, I really appreciate that because while it wasn't, it didn't do the job as far as convincing me that we had some things to face, but it did plant a little seed that when we did have to face them, it wasn't complete and utter surprise. There was still the element of denial there. But I was talking to my good friend and he was asking about, you know, kind of what it was like sitting in the room with my wife and the doctors. And um, at the point that we got diagnosed, we had been in the hospital probably almost a week. Um, and so we were pretty exhausted, pretty numb, and we kind of knew that if it was bad news, they would come and get us from the room my son was in and we would go somewhere else. If it was good news, you would just share that with everybody. So they invited us to a conference room and we sat down and they, um, did a really great job of explaining to us and going through all the processes uh, that were available to us and, Um, being very compassionate, but the hardest part was there was still an element that was like, no, 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 we're not, we're not cancer people. So, um, if you could just tell us what we really have, we'll go ahead and fix that and go on, move, move on. Um, and and I know it sounds a little derogatory to say we're not cancer people, but that was the feeling at the time. And I think it just, I think what I was really saying is this is going to be really hard on me. And really hard on my son and really hard on my wife and really hard on my family and uh, my extended family. And 
I'd rather not do it if I don't have to. And that wasn't my, in my control. It wasn't my choice. So once we, so I'm, I'm explaining this, this element of denial to my, my, my buddy Henry, um, and his wife is a, a doctor as well. So he, he kind of gets it and he knows the process a little more than most people do. But, um, that sat with me for probably a, probably a few days. And then you go through the roller coaster of optimism, pessimism, um, meaning uh, you're, you're, we're going to beat it, we're going to beat it, I can't do this, I can't do this, we're going to beat it, we're going to beat it, I can't do this, I can't do this, we're going to beat it, I can't do this. And it's just this roller coaster emotionally uh, of what you do. And the amazing part is um, I haven't noticed that Baxley's been on that. He's just been doing what he has to do, sometimes reluctantly, most of the time reluctantly, but uh, he still does it. So I think when you look at coming into something as heavy as this, I think the the most dangerous part for me personally was the denial part um, and holding on to that. And, and now it still has, I still have moments of it. I don't want it to be real, but I know it is. And um, uh, part of me is incredibly grateful and part of me is incredibly scared and part of me is uh, pissed off. You know, um, these are, these are real moments. These are real emotions and, and these are things that we deal with, but the more that we were coming into our 13th, we're actually in our 13th week of treatment. And the more I think about that thought of we're not cancer people, the more I think we're all cancer people. In fact, that's all that there are. They're only cancer people because it just touches so many people and it impacts so many people. And when you look at, you know, my son got it and it's impacted my dad, my mom, um, my step-parents, uh, my uncles, my, my aunts, my cousins, it's just impacted everybody, uh, my friends. Um, in some way, if you're listening to this, it's probably impacted you uh, positively or, or, or negatively, hopefully positively, but um, I think it's just brought a ton of perspective because we've made the choice to be vocal about it. So um, I think the real reason that we made that choice subconsciously, this was not an active decision, it's something that I've kind of thought toward, meaning I've just kind of Doug just been digging deep in myself to figure out why um, why we're, we're going through this and what good it can bring. And the in, initial thought of we're not cancer people quickly became, not quickly, it became we're all cancer people. And at that point, I felt comfortable sharing the story because we're all going through this or something like it. And it doesn't have to be cancer. It can be just a simple struggle. So... <clears throat> Excuse me. The um, there is no science behind the process of dealing with it. There is no science behind um, what you have to do or the the checklist of just do these things and you'll be good. Um, every person is different. Every family is different. Every uh, reaction is different. Every, everything is different. But when it becomes inclusive and not exclusive, it changes the way you view it. Um, I look at my neighbors. Uh, and my neighbors have become very much cancer people as far as supporting my son and supporting my family and helping us out. And um, I look at my business colleagues. So many people have become cancer people through this and supporting the organizations that we support and helping out with Baxley's Wagons and um, the Hug Your People hats and um, helping the kids uh, in, in any way they can. And then you look at people who were perfect strangers 13 weeks ago, and now we know that they're going through the same thing with their family, and we can talk about it. Um, 
you look at the families that we meet on the oncology halls at MUSC and the families that we're about to meet in Jacksonville, Florida, um, at Ronald McDonald House and, and University of Florida um, Hospital and Proton Radiation um, Facility. You know, and when you look at it that way, you look at how many people are doing good, uh, how many people are, are stepping in to give us a hand and how many people we're trying to step in and give them a hand in turn. We're all cancer people. It's, there's no one excluded from that list. And I haven't always behaved like that because I didn't fully understand it. And I wish I had. I, I really wish I had. Um, it took me going through what my family and Baxley has gone through for me to really understand um, the opportunity to help that I, I can provide. And now, boy, I, I know it and it's crystal clear. And we're going to do all we can to do that. But the initial thought of we're not cancer people was... It was embarrassing on the one hand, but it was very real on the other. I'm really thankful that I had the bandwidth and the, the, the mindset and the experience to think through that and think, what did I really mean? What, 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 why did that come up and why was that? As I was talking to my friend Henry, I started thinking about some of those things and why that was the, the initial thought and why, um, why was I judging and why was I, I placing ourselves higher than other people and I think the reason I was doing that had nothing to do with, with judgment or, or, you know, entitlement or, or, you know, elevating myself and my family to a higher level than anybody else or you thinking that way. I think it had everything to do with me just getting to terms with one day we don't have this and the next day we do. And me just wanting it so badly just to go away. And it's not going to. Um, it will not take my son's life, but, but it will always be a part of our life. And that's part of the, you know, the part, part of the, the proton radiation is that, you know, there could be something that comes up because of that 20 years down the line. And so it's always going to be a part of our life. Um, and what our job is, is to make that always a good thing. Meaning moving forward, I am a cancer person and I will help other cancer people in some way. I don't have the answers fully as to how that's going to look or what it's going to be or how, how I'm going to do it, but it really opened my eyes to the fact that we're all, we all have to be together in this. Um, and there's a lot of people out there. We've been very fortunate and very blessed to have the support system and the business and the company supporting us. Uh, my wife's company, Field Insurance, has been uh, just amazing, amazing. Um, of course, I own my own business, so my boss has been really amazing too, ha, ha, ha. But... Um, We've been very fortunate that, that we can somewhat carry on um, normal, normal ways just on a different scale. And a lot of people, a lot of families out there just don't have that support system or that luxury. And so it makes me want to help um, parents and, and child, givers, child care, caregivers and um, people in those roles that are going through similar things. It makes me want to help them. And and spread the word even further to get us all to understand that cancer doesn't, I, you know, I used to think that cancer separated us, and meaning that I couldn't fully understand it. And now I fully understand it. And I don't think cancer separates us. I think cancer unites us um, in, in some weird way. I really do. And I think that it bring it, while it is the worst thing that you can imagine to go through and to deal with and to try to treat, um, from where I sit, from what I know, I think it also brings a lot of people together. And we're going to focus on that good, I think, um, 
once we finish our 67 weeks and, and Baxley's in a good state of health and back in school and doing normal kid things and um, carrying on and, and learning how to share and learning <laughs> learning that every time he, he walks in a room, he doesn't get a present. <laughs> Those kind of things that are, are behavioral challenges for us in the near future. I think we'll, we'll look at it like, what else can we do? Um, how can we help other people with their outcome? Because it is very much an outcome and we don't control the outcome most of the time. So it's, um, that, that's kind of the process, you know, as, as you, as we settle and we're still settling into the diagnosis, we're still settling into treatment for most, most part, you know, and it's been over three months because it's just so different. Like cancer just takes everything, you know, and turns it upside down and you have to readjust and reacclimate and, um, kind of pivot everything in your life to cater to cancer. Um, the treatments, the actually has a fever. We have to go to the hospital early. We and we've done that twice now, um, where we've had to go in for more days than we planned, and so that throws every all our schedules off as far as work or, or you know keeping relationships going and uh, with our friends and our family, and so it really becomes that kind of challenge, and you just have to be open to it, and so I think going through the thought and the feelings and. You know, sitting up late at night and just uh, being grateful to the fullest extent you can be and being pissed off to the fullest extent you can be at the same time, you know, you really have to think back and say, okay, well, what am I going to use this for? What, are, what will Baxley use this for? And I think one of the magic things, one of the, one of the best stories uh, that Suzanne and I have been through is, you know, Baxley has started to say that he wants to be a doctor. Um, now he's four, so I get it, but I also believe that he's on a deeper level of understanding than we give him credit for. And so for, for me, that's really special. Um, that's really special. And trust me, if he gets, when we get through this and if he decides he wants to be a doctor and go to medical school, he's going to have one heck of a story to tell about why he wants to help people. And that'll be so special uh, that he'll be able to go out and hopefully help other families and kids uh, beat what he's beating. And so that's one of the things that's shown up as far as how we're, how we're going to use this for good. Um, the first part was it's, it's just changed my perception of um, cancer being exclusive and it's not. Cancer should be very inclusive, meaning we rally around the people that are fighting and we rally around the families and we rally around the research and we rally around the doctors and we rally around um, the organizations and, and we make sure that we're doing all we can to help people because really the truth is a lot of people just not only from the disease but from the financial standpoint or the lifestyle standpoint they just don't, the, fam the families don't survive this kind of thing um, be it you know bankruptcy or divorce or um, whatever it is you know that's just it's really tough um, and we've just been fortunate enough to where we've gotten the support we've needed and we've you know Suzanne and I have always had the I'll do anything for my child kind of mentality we didn't quite know what that meant until we got we had to put rubber to the road, uh, so to speak, and do anything for our child. Um, and sometimes that means leaving for the hospital late at night. And sometimes that means sleeping in a hospital couch for a couple days. And sometimes that means um, not working, even though you've been conditioned to work your whole life and being okay with it. So it really come, came down to that. And the process is, is far from over for me, I, I think. But I think I have made sense up to this point of the things I can make sense of. Had a really great day yesterday with Bax and we, we kind of hung out and he likes to play video games now. So 
um, I'm kind of embracing that a little bit um, and allowing him to play video games. It really has keeps his mind going because he thinks about it uh, a lot. And when his body physically can't get out and do the things he wants to do, he he'll tell you. He says, "I can't run right now. My legs are too tired." And um, really, that's because the chemotherapy it, it creates a, a funny walk and a little bit of a limp, and he does get tired easy and his legs aren't as strong. He was in the bed for almost a month, so. Um, he has, to, he has to find activities other ways, and he really is into a couple video games right now, and, and I don't see that as being a negative. He, he really has fun doing them, and we try to do them together. The biggest thing that's come up is he says, Daddy, I need help, and, and uh, my response was, do you need help or do you need practice? <laughs> because he wants me to get him through the next level when uh, really the opportunity for me as a dad is to say, if you practice more, you'll get through the next level. And um, so now he's gotten very good at understanding when he needs help and when he needs practice. Daddy, I need help going downstairs. Daddy, I need practice on level eight. You know, you know and it's really, um, it's really a remarkable thing. So that's kind of where we are. But the, the title of this could be a little misleading, but I, I, I think it really is true that, you know, when we first came into this and were diagnosed, my first thought was we're not cancer people. And as we've met the families and gone through the diagnosis and the treatment process and settled in as much as we can and uh, you know doing whatever we can for backs the that initial judgment and that initial thought and that initial well, i'm going to call it a twisted idea because it really was it was an ignorant idea that an ignorant idea of we're not cancer people really morphed into we're all cancer people and we're all fighting this on some level and we're all inspired by this and we're all devastated by this at the same time and the sooner that we realize that and just come together and help beat this disease and um, do it as a unified front i think the sooner that we can do that for other things like you know we can totally do that with racism and we can totally do that with equality uh, and human rights and we can put government aside and operate based on care and love instead of politics and dollars and I know that's an idealist sentiment, but um, when you sit in the oncology ward of a pediatric hospital and you look at kids who aren't even one years old and you look at their families and you look at kids like my friend Freddie, um, who just, he's two and he has Down syndrome and leukemia and he just likes to dance, you know, and the, his family who's supporting him and, and being there and his siblings and there's no other place to come from except for love. And when you say come from a place of love, it means you're saying we are cancer people. Thank you for joining me on episode 11 of Hug Your People. Some big news coming up. We've got our um, first wagon that's going to be placed in Charleston at MUSC. I just ordered 100 Hug Your People hats. Stay tuned for how to get yours and the organizations that we're going to help. The month of September is the Million Mile Month with Alex's Lemonade Stand. I've committed to raising $15,000 and running 200 miles personally or walking or biking 200 miles personally for Alex's Lemonade Stand. If you want to enjoy, if you want to join, the backs fight team for that and run and walk and bike yourself and, and ask your friends for donations and collect donations for Alex's Lemonade Stand supporting pediatric cancer research. Um, join me on Facebook for 
um, links to those pages. It's really going to be an exciting time. We're trying to help as many people as possible. I thank you again for being here. And as always, go hug your people.